With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There are cameras in the sky. Lasers in our living rooms. Get a friend. Get informed. And get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is the 8th day of May 2014. I'll be live here for the next hour, covering some news and some intel that you may not get anywhere else. Or actually, you might, but you're going to have some spin. And to quote Bill O'Reilly, this is the no-spin zone, and I know that that's really cheesy, because Bill O'Reilly is a complete sellout douchebag, but whatever, everybody. And he's a big warmonger, and it was funny, I was watching, um, it reminds me of a little Bill o- I need to find that clip of him. But um, I was watching him one night, because I do monitor mainstream media news, and I got some funny clips of mainstream media news coming up here in a little bit later, because that is the topic of the show for this evening. It is the mainstream, deceptive, um, distractionary media, as I like to call it, because we all we can talk about is um, racial politics, income inequality, and gay rights, gun rights, gun violence, which is, if anybody understands logical fallacies, that is a fallacy because a gun cannot create violence on its own and has to have a person operating it in order to create violence. So anyway, I was watching him one night, and as he once again had some Democratic pundit on his show, and he begins to berate him and talk about how Obama is just weak, and if he would have just bombed uh, Syria, then he would have gotten some brownie points, and just complete another ridiculous. Okay, I um once again I am sorry for anybody listening on J Rev Radio, Liberty Movement Radio, or wherever you're listening in cyberspace. If you're listening through Facebook, this is becoming a reoccurring theme, which means that I'm doing good work because for some reason either they want to shut my computer down or my Skype just happens to fail, even though I ran a 30-minute-long interview with Lee Camp literally an hour before I came on the show tonight. But every time I log in, Skype just seems to take a, excuse my language, but takes a shit on me every time I log in. But anyway, back to the topic at hand. Speaking of shits, let's talk about Mr. Bill O'Reilly. So once again, warmongering and talking about how, well, if we would have just gone and bombed Assad, then everything would have been great. Even though we had no proof and and the and it turns out that the chemical weapon attack was actually manufactured by you know the guys that were um that were not Assad, the the, the rebels that we were funding. But just, you just gotta bomb people, man. We gotta make some money. We gotta keep the economy rolling, which is actually ironic because anybody that studies economics knows that war is actually not it's the health of the state, but it's definitely not the health of the economy. So, anyway, now that we've gotten all the gremlins, I guess, gotten out of the system here, man, I can't wait till I run my conspiracy show in like two weeks. I'm going to get super deep. I'm going to get some nice clips in here for everybody. So get ready for that. If anybody wants to understand or has any, I guess, um, reservation about where I stand as far as how far my research has gone and what books that I've read in order to substantiate my belief in reality – Wait about, um, I would say about four episodes when I'm um, up and running on J-Rev Radio, and then um, and then you'll get it. You're going to get the whole ball of wax, the kitten caboodle. I'm just going to let it all hang out because I don't care anymore because stupid stuff like this has happened to me 
and I've seen my numbers get skewed more than once, which has actually been fascinating. So I'm doing good work, I guess. So uh, I appreciate everybody spreading the word about the broadcast, and and uh, sorry for the profanity. I usually keep a, a clean show, but it's getting to the point of silliness. Sometimes you have to, uh, you know, take the lid off every once in a while. But we're going to get back on track here. And, um, okay, so once again, all we have to do is bomb Syria and everything will be fine. And that is that is what we're dealing with, people. We are dealing with a media that is not about you. It's not about giving you the news. It's not about keeping you informed. It's not about letting you know what um, political changes might be happening behind the scenes with the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Oh, have they ever mentioned that before? What is that? Ah, it's some secret trade deal that 150 corporations are working on to totally screw you out of any kind of um, privacy and any kind of rights that you might have to sue corporations for coming and dumping toxic waste in your country or anything like that. But it's completely fine. Don't worry. Politicians are working on it and governments behind it. So I'm sure that, um, that it's going to be a good deal for us, the inhabitants of this planet. Which is actually what Lee Camp and I talked about, and I'm probably going to play the rest of that interview because this is just kind of frustrating. And I don't even know if it's going to go up because after I recorded the interview with him for some reason, the audio on the video feed got completely wiped out, even though I can see it on my editor, but it's not there. And so the saga continues. And I think I'm about to absolutely dump this PC. I've got a backup that I'm going to switch to, so... We'll see. If I keep having Skype issues, then we know it's the um, it's the loving boogeyman, the loving the loving government not wanting me to talk to my audience. But that's quite all right because I love you too, government. Big government hugs for everyone. Big government hugs for everyone. So the mainstream media. Let's talk about these guys. I do actually have friends that work in the mainstream media. I'm not pointing fingers at you directly, but let's face it. You guys have a track record of complete hogwash. And when I say that, I'm talking about real issues that might be beneficial for the people to know. Like, hey, the Federal Reserve is a private bank and they keep printing money and loaning it to your government at interest. And you wonder why prices are going up, and you wonder why gas is going up, and that's just what prices do. They always go up. Actually, if you study history, you will see that prices actually went down. Yep, prices went down at the beginning of the American uh, established colonies because there was no central bank. It's okay, though. Everything's fine. The private investors of the private Federal Reserve, thank you for your cooperation, and will take their 6% guaranteed profit every year and begin to stack it in their coffers, meanwhile distracting you with people like the Koch brothers and all of these other insignificant billionaires who you believe are the real deal and that are really, really running things, but um, uh, it's really not the way that the cookie crumbles. If anybody wants to understand how the cookie crumbles um, from a terrorism standpoint and how the FBI operates, I would definitely recommend uh, the book that I talked about last week. That I I just finished it, and every time I finish a book, I just I sit here and gush over it because it's so fresh in your mind, and it kind of it kind of pulls all these different pieces of the pie together for you. And that is um, Terror Storm, the FBI's Manufactured War on Terror. And if you go to my website, wearenotcattle.net, I actually link to that in the, uh, in the show notes for the last show and also put the, um, the video clips that I covered in the last show in there as well. So, now that I've gotten that little portion out of the way, let's talk about the private Federal Reserve and why the mainstream media doesn't cover it because it's probably not important for you to know anything about economics anything about money where does money come from that doesn't really matter who controls the flow of money that doesn't really matter either all that you need to know is that gas prices are going up bread is on the shelves and wait a minute your coffee went from 16 ounces to 14 ounces to now it's 10 ounces but it's the same price so it's okay, you blindly just grab that stuff off the shelf, throw it in your cart, and get home, and you wonder why you run out of coffee so fast, but then you can't forget, or excuse me, you can't remember when you bought coffee last, because, man, that's just a lot to keep track of. 
still have to keep track of what's going on and how things work and what's going on in the economy and keeping up with Dancing with the Stars. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff to do, people, and there's just not enough time. That brings me into actually a, a funny little story, so I'm going to digress off here a little bit, but stay with me, people, because this is the part of the population that we're trying to reach out to and don't know if we're going to be able to get to them. A friend of mine who listens to the show quite frequently, actually a really good friend of mine, uh, works at this large corporation, and I think it was his former corporation that he worked at. It's an international corporation, and he was dealing with somebody in information technology that was um, – was pretty savvy on tech stuff, but not too savvy on life. So one day he overheard her, and this is a person with a couple of kids, a family, and um, obviously when you get home, anybody with kids understands that that uh, job number one ends and job number two begins. So he gets home and uh, does his family stuff and gets gets to work the next day and um, is having a conversation with this person and. Uh, has a pretty good understanding that this person has no clue how things in the world work and by any means necessary has no contact with reality whatsoever. So he starts asking her a couple of questions about the Nazis and Hitler and stuff like that, and it actually makes for a kind of funny story later, but to shorten it up, it's, um, it's interesting because this person finally says, you know, I just need a vacation. Single uh, female, about 25 years old. Just I need a vacation, you know, and and my friend says, well, what's your day like? You know, walk me through your day. What do you need a vacation from? She's like, well, you know, I work, and then I get home about six, and I go work out until about seven, and then um, and then my uh, my boyfriend and I, uh, we go out to dinner, and then it's about eight or eight thirty, and then I get home, and I play bubble pop on my iPad until about nine. Then we watch some TV, and then the day's over. I mean, I just need a break. I need, I need, I, I need more time in the day. Those are the kind of people we're talking about. They're absolutely clueless. Probably doesn't even know that Mars is a planet. Doesn't even know that Uranus is not a planet anymore. Ah, it's okay. Yeah, there's a bunch of rocks out there floating around, which actually is a, is a funnier. Story for another time because I do want to get into the space dust that we're going to build a magical fence out there and everything's going to be fine. Maybe we should just build a fence around ourselves and walk around. Anyway, digressing off, I'm kind of all over the map tonight, but that's okay. Because when I start talking about the Federal Reserve and talking about reality, things that you should really care about, like your children's financial future and like how you're getting absolutely hosed by a financial system that is in place to screw you and keep you as a debt slave. And then they have the government, which is the monopoly on force, to come and point guns at you if you don't voluntarily, in quotes, give them 50% of your earnings. Kind of funny. So that it can go to a big, big, all right, I'm going to kind of digress off into some symbolism, a big, big boob in the middle of, of um, a triangulated, um, cordoned off area that was developed by Freemasons. So that those people can manage your money for you. Because you really don't know what you're doing. And we're going to put it in this stuff called Social Security Trust Fund, which actually doesn't exist. It's on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. But that's okay, because you don't need to know that. Because reality is scary. Because if you knew how full of shit all these politicians were, and if you knew how freaking unstable the actual system was, it might scare you. You might want to start learning about it, and then you might want to start talking to people about, holy crap, this is kind of scary, what the F is going on. But no, it's okay. The mainstream media loves you, and they're there to distract you and point you in the right direction. Things that you should care about, like racial division, which doesn't really exist, but it does because they say it does. Racism, which probably exists to an extent of like maybe 5%. Maybe 10% of the population. And anybody that's racist in this day and age is probably a moron and you don't associate with them anyway. So what does it matter? But it matters to them because it's ratings. It gets you to tune in. And number most important thing, it's a strategy to keep you distracted and divide and conquer you so that you infight with one another. 
instead of putting your arm around one another and saying, hey, who's that big asshole at the top of the pyramid up there? What's he doing? Where's his? Where's he getting his money? Oh, he's getting his money through banker bailouts. What are those? Ah, that's where the government comes in and says, well, we know that you guys made some really, really risky business decisions here, and you put you put a you financed a bunch of people that really should never have been financed in the first place, and then you bet against those bets, or excuse me, bet against those loans. So that when they did fail, you guys would make money on it, and now you don't have any money because you lent out all this money to people that didn't qualify before. So now, you know what? In order to make things right, we're going to go ahead and, once again, at the barrel of a gun, we're going to steal from the coming generations and give you that money that you gambled away. And we're going to call it a bailout which is exactly what a bailout is, people. It is a promissory note of future capital put onto your children and your children's children so that when they come into this world, when they are birthed into this canal and they are stamped into their birth certificate, which is all kinds of symbolic stuff here and I don't want to get too into it. Once all that stuff happens then they owe the government a million dollars. Get to work, buddy. You got a lot of carving to do. And that's what it's all about, people. It is all about the control of the system, the distraction of the mainstream media, the distraction of things that are insignificant in your life that they make significant, like popular culture, which who cares what Miley Cyrus does other than the people that care about popular culture? Which in this day and age, with the mass media that we have, with Twitter and all the other social medias, can actually become pretty blanketing. And you have to sometimes remove the blanket and step into reality and step into the situation and understand that things aren't as rosy as we would like for them to or would like to believe. And we have to do this thing called growing up and take responsibility. Dare I say, as a libertarian, personal responsibility for some of these actions that are happening. Looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, you know what, I kind of slacked off. I didn't pay attention. Didn't pay attention in school, which, believe you me, you didn't really miss much. A bunch of standardized tests, a bunch of tests that really going to get you nowhere, and a bunch of distractionary stuff to teach you how to be a slave and to worship authority, which are pretty much the only thing that state-sponsored schools are there for, teach you to worship authority and to understand that the state is God, and that if you don't believe so, it will come to your house with guns and point them at you and show you that it is your God. Actually, your God is money, but that's a whole Luciferian Illuminati kind of thing that I'll get into in the um, in the conspiracy show, which I'm overdue for that. I did like I do like one every month or so, so it's kind of weird. Well... So what happens when you have kids in, in a in a, uh, in a personal life and a business life? Everything kind of gets whoop, thrown in the air. So anyway, back to all of this gobbledygook they call the economy. All right. So I'm going to take some clips here from CNS News, and they did a really great job of um, of capturing this. Um, Janet Yellen. Um, the chairperson of the, once again, the private bank that loans your government money at interest through treaty, which was actually up 100 years ago, or it was a 100-year treaty, and it was up last year, but ah, doing such a great job with the three things that they were supposed to do but fell flat on their face doing it, but it's okay. Research the Federal Reserve, research the Charter, research the three things that they were supposed to do, and didn't even come close. And... You can even give them a buffer of 20 years, and they still fall flat on their damn face. But it's all right, though, because you got to keep the money flowing, because if not, you might have that, ooh, that scary deflation that every Federal Reserve Bank is scared of. And if you want to understand deflation, um, read Ben Bernanke's speech in November of, I believe it was 19... Gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. I believe it was November 27th, 2001, but I've referenced it before on the show, and um, I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. 
making shortcuts for you guys so you can find all the intel really easy. But let's go to our chairperson of the private banking cartel that bends you and your family over for generations and tells you that they are patting you on the back. So this is the clip of her, um, oh, I don't want to play that one yet. Let's talk about, nah, I just want to, yeah, let's just go ahead and go to this one. This is Mrs. Yellen talking about the deficit, and that's a really good question. Who do we owe the debt to? Nah, don't ask that, because that's reality, and then you would have to ask more questions, and then go down the rabbit hole of, how actual money was created and how was this system created. And it just, that takes a lot of time and reading. We don't got time for that. Okay, remember, we got to watch Dancing with the Stars and stuff. And listen to Bill O'Reilly tell us how we need to bomb nations that are none of our business because we're the policemen of the world and the military arm of the British Empire. But that doesn't even matter. Okay, here we go. So, um... M- not directly tied, guys. It's it's a It's an allegory. We're... Never mind. Long story. Okay, so um, here's Mrs. Yellen and giving her best sales tactics because every time that somebody calls her on something, uh, you learn this in sales. Anytime somebody is disappointed with you, frustrated with you, upset with you, you always say, I agree or I understand or I can see where you're coming from because you want to side with the person that is about to lambaste you. So here we go. Janet Yellen, everybody get your liar detectors out because we're about to have some good old-fashioned fun. Very dramatic intro by CNS News. Thank you very much. What recommendation would you give to us in terms of dealing with this uncertainty that's basically causing a lot of businesses to underperform? No. So I agree with you. My own discussions with businesses... I hear exactly the same things that you're citing. But I have shareholders, and we need to make them happy. Ah, continuing. Uh, Concern about um, regulations, about taxation, about uncertainty, about fiscal policy. Hmm. Um, I guess one recommendation that I would give you is that um, long-term budget deficits, um, we can see in, for example, CBOs, um, very long-term projections that um, they remain. They there is more work to do to put fiscal policy on a sustainable course. <laughs> that progress has been made over the last several years uh, in bringing down deficits in the short term, but that a combination of demographics, the structure of entitlement programs, and historic trends in healthcare costs. Um, we can see that over the long term, uh, deficits will rise to unsustainable levels. Ah, which is a great thing for you and your family, because if you understand what deficits mean from the Federal Reserve standpoint, oh boy, oh boy, here we go. And continuing with the destruction of your economy, everybody. But it's okay because they did it on C-SPAN and nobody's watching anyway. ...to the economy and putting in place a package of um, reforms. Ones, I know these are very controversial matters, but that would probably help confidence. Um, As regulators ourselves in the aftermath of a financial crisis, um, we also can see very clearly, for example, that... Um, the, the kinds of regulations we're putting in place uh, during the process of doing that um, create uncertainty and burdens. We hear this, for example, from community banks. Okay, remember, this is a private banking group that is loaning your government money and interest and controls the money supply in circulation. So when she says that we are putting into place Don't get that confused with your government. This is not your government's policy. It has nothing to do with your government. This is their policy. And she even admits, well, I can see why people are getting a little bit uh, uneasy because of our policies, but I'm going to make you feel good. All the time. And, you know, here I would say, um, to some extent, the regulations, we're doing this for a very good reason. We had a financial crisis. Ah, It's important to make the financial system safer and sounder and for our own part you mean like backing it with absolutely freaking nothing and printing money into oblivion that sounds sound to me 
don't know. Was that a double entendre? What was that? I don't know. All right, continuing with just butchering of America. Here we go. Um, we will try to make sure that we worry about regulatory burden. We um, assume we we try to design regulations that are different and appropriate for different sectors of the economy. Picking the winners and losers is what she's trying to say. Um, I think it's important for us, too, to be sensitive to regulatory burden uh, in order to um, minimize its impact on the economy. But we are doing things that are important to make the economy safer and sander. Well, thank you for that answer. And in, in closing here, because I've been noticed that my time is up, um, you join a long list of very responsible Americans uh, who have the experience and the expertise to give us some warnings about what may happen in the future. In the Dude, they're never supposed to give you warnings. Listen, they didn't tell you that the housing boom was coming. Ron Paul told you the housing bus was, bubble was coming. Ah, nah, dude, everything's fine. Dude, just, just keep pumping. Of course, you know, I can see it from their perspective, and once again, playing devil's advocate. You don't want to tell everybody it's doom and gloom because then everybody cinches up and nobody spends any money, so you got to keep the uh, casino going, I guess. Here we consequences go. of our inability to act uh, over the last several years now uh, in addressing these major problems that are going to have significant consequences on the economy of, uh, of this country and on future uh, generations. I don't know what it's going to take uh, for us to summon the will to do what we all know that we need to do, but we, I appreciate your adding your name to that long list saying um, you have a responsibility up here and you're not, you're not fulfilling that responsibility. Thank you. Oh. All right. Well, it's good talk. That's good rhetoric, everybody. Now let's find out what happens when Bernie Sanders, who is probably going to run for president, and if he does, it would be one step closer into getting at least some semblance of control out of the corporations and the oligarchs, but I run into a whole different idea altogether when we're talking about fixing things through government. So here we go. Here comes the absolutely fun stuff. And this question is, are we an oligarchy? And for those of you that don't know what oligarchy means, please hit Wikipedia up. I think it's a decent definition of oligarchy, but it means rule by a small class of people. And no, I would never say that. I would never say that the royal families have contracts from the Vatican. That would be absolutely insane, but life is insane, and that is actually true. But it's okay, because, once again, Dancing with the Stars is on tomorrow, so whatever. Here we go, Bernie Sanders. Go get him, Bernie. Make it happen, brother. Once again, very fancy intro from Steve Sanders. I'm Chip. Um, in the U.S. today, the top 1% own about 38% of the financial wealth of America. The bottom 60% own 2.3%. One family, the Walton family, is worth over $140 billion. That's more wealth than the bottom 40% of the American people. In recent years, we have seen a huge increase in the number of millionaires and billionaires while we continue to have the highest rate of childhood poverty uh, in the industrialized world. Okay, and before you go ahead and start blaming capitalism, everybody, who allows this to happen? Uh, it starts with a G, and it's they all gather around in a big boob in Washington, D.C. That's right. Because guess what? The ruling class, they're exempt from taxation. They're exempt from the laws. They get the banker bailout money. And then everybody wants to point to capitalism. It is not capitalism. This is the furthest thing. This is government-subsidized corporate welfare. Period. The end. Back to the oligarchs. Who love you and want to make you their slave, but that's okay. Despite this um, as many of my Republican friends talk about the oppressive uh, Obama economic policies in the last year, Charles David Koch struggled under these policies and their wealth increased by $12 billion in one year, uh, despite the oppressive Obama economic policies. Um, in terms of income, 
95% of new income generated in this country in the last year went to the top 1%. Hmm. Gee, and I wonder who writes the laws that lets them get that money, Bernie. It's okay, though. Oh, and uh, just to back what Bernie said, that $16 billion, uh, you could actually solve world hunger with um, $20 billion. That's all right, though. We don't need to worry about that. We need to worry about bombing those people in Syria. Now, a study which I've just introduced into the record uh, by two uh, professors uh, from Princeton University, Professor Martin Gillens and Northwestern University Professor Benjamin Page, basically suggests that while historically we have considered our society to be a capitalist democracy, we may now have entered into a phase where we are an oligarchic form of society. In your judgment, given the enormous power held by the billionaire class and their political representatives, are we still a capitalist democracy or have we gone over into an oligarchic form of society in which incredible economic and political power now rests with the billionaire class? Okay, so um, can I predict what's going to happen? She's going to agree. and I literally haven't seen this part of the clip yet. She's going to agree, and then she's going to deflect and say that she's not aware of the actual title of oligarch or understands what that means in this specific instance because it's lawyer speak. Let's see how right I am. So all of the statistics on inequality that you've cited are ones that greatly concern me. Sure. And I think for the same reason that you're concerned about them, um, they can shape the, uh, determine the ability of different groups um, to participate equally in a democracy and have grave effects on social stability over time. And so uh, I don't know what to call our system or how to, I prefer not to um, give labels, but ah, there uh, there's no question that we've had to trend toward growing inequality. And I personally find it a very worrisome trend that deserves the attention of policymakers. Thank you. I mean, see, I, I think she the point... See, because the whole point is she doesn't have anything to do with this. She doesn't set the policy that gives the banker bailouts to the corporate welfare system, which is actually true. But let's see how Bernie retaliates. That the professors are making and, and others have made is that there comes a point where the billionaire class has so much political power, where the Koch brothers are now, because of Citizens United, able to buy and sell politicians. They have so much political power. At what point is that reversible? And that is a great concern. Well, that's a very good question. Citizens United is the biggest piece of crap legislation that basically says that, ah, you can give whatever amount of money you want and just buy all the politicians that you want. So that's what we get, everybody. So moving forward, and it looks like yeah, I'm probably going to end up playing the Lee Camp bit here in a little bit, but um, I don't know. I'm going to kind of stick on this topic for a minute. I might not play it. Who knows? But um, anyway... I don't even know where to go with this. Okay. So they're basically rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic because the Fed obviously has their policy set that they're going to keep printing money, which they call QE Unlimited or or whatever their fancy name they're going to come up with to basically say we're going to devalue the dollar because it's the only way to basically keep the economy afloat. And then you have the billionaire class that is grabbing everything up through corporate welfare and through regulations and through banker bailouts and sucking the economy dry that way. And remember, they're all tax exempt. The majority of them, not necessarily Koch brothers and people like that, but the people that are the superpower elite are going to be tax-free foundations like your Bill and Melinda Gates, like your Rockefeller Foundation, the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, those types of people that control trillions of dollars and actually have a seat at the table at the Federal Reserve because they help start it and they help write this little contract and all that stuff. So they actually have a seat at the table so they can help with these kinds of things. And I know that sounds like crazy conspiracy talk, but that's just the nature of the beast. 
So we're dealing not only with mega corporations, multi-billionaires, but also tax-free foundations, which they wrote into law so that they could hide their wealth and not have it taxed. And that's what we're seeing here as we move forward. Remember, they're going to always use this line that the top need to pay their fair share. Well, the top 3% of earners here in the United States pay over 40% of the income tax. So they're paying money. But who is not paying money? People like Warren Buffett, people like, uh, I don't know if the Koch brothers are tax exempt or not, but yeah, we'll throw them in there too. Now, they're probably not paying taxes on that. The Waltons definitely are not paying taxes. The people in Google Corporation is not paying any taxes. GE Electric doesn't pay any taxes. So who pays taxes? The middle class. The lower class doesn't pay any taxes because they don't make enough to, in order to fall into that tax bracket where they actually have to pay into the system. So, the overarching question that you should be asking yourself is, who gets hosed in this deal when they keep printing money and they keep injecting it into the system to keep the system afloat? And if you said yourself, the person that makes less than $250,000 a year as a combined income of less than $500,000, you would be the huge winner in this scenario. Remember, the middle class was set up in the feudal system in order to compensate for the lack of the ruling class, the ruling elite dying off, and the enslaved people of the time dying off through the Black Plague. So they had to create a system to where they could actually let – anyway, I don't want to get too far into a historical lesson for everybody to understand middle class and, and then how it was propagated throughout um, Western culture be, and sold to the fact that you weren't really a serf. But you, you were a serf, and that's kind of why we fought this um, you know, revolution thing that happened here in the United States. It had nothing to do with slavery – excuse me, it had nothing to do with – actually, it did have something to do with debt slavery, but it had nothing to do with the things that you're told in your history book, or very, very little. And then the arguments and the debates that came afterwards – were not nearly as great and grandiose as you might have thought in your history books. And the Founding Fathers probably weren't the best idealists for a fair and equal society because they were all aristocrats and they were all landowners, therefore they could all vote. And so you had people like Patrick Henry, who I really, really did admire, especially after reading some of his autobiography, or not his autobiography, but a biography on him, uh, Lion of Liberty, which was very, very intriguing. Understanding that the system that we can create here can only create a two-way system. It can either create a dictatorship. Remember, this is what the Constitutional Convention was all about and why he didn't even go. A dictatorship of the Congress, or they could create a dictatorship of the electorate. And now we're kind of in a toss-up, but it's a race to see who can get the dictatorship of the United States, of the corporation of the United States, however you want to look at it. So there's that. So now that we've kind of come full circle to all of our economic mumbo-jumbo and what it all means and, and how it's going to really, really stress the middle class, so... Uh, keep an eye out for, once again, prices are going to go up a little bit, but what's going to really happen is you're going to start seeing the packaging um, stay the same, but the quantity is going to decrease significantly, and it will keep going like this until there is going to be a run on the dollar, and then it's um, it's basically all bets are off. Hope to God you have um, gold, silver, uh, storable food, anything that you can barter or trade, because it will be very, very interesting. Not to say that the economic collapse is going to come, but when you talk to people that live, breathe, eat, and sleep economics that understand what's going on in Europe, what's going on in other nations around the world, what's going on in Spain, Italy, Portugal, those types of nations that have already been through this kind of retooling and austerity and Greece, that's coming here. But the only reason it's staved off from coming to the United States is because we're the world reserve currency. And as soon as that gets challenged, as soon as that starts to go away, um, then we are looking at a very nasty situation here in America. So keep that in the back of your mind, everybody. Always, uh, I'm not a doom and gloom kind of person. I believe in the faith of humanity. I believe that if this system fell tomorrow, it would probably be one of the greatest things that would ever happen. You would have chaos for 10 or 15 years, but then you would start a real debate about what is going to really work and for how long and how do we do it. 
But once again, the ruling class is moving to where they can control the disintegration of the United States, shift it to another power center, as Brzezinski said. But Brzezinski also said in his book, Strategic Vision, that no country is really ready to inherit everything that America has to offer because of the economics that are involved in each individual nation, such as uh, I think the front runners he mentioned were China, India, and um, and um, England. But the reason there's there's multiple reasons for each. And if you want to learn about it, if you want to learn about one of the central uh, economic or central strategic planners of the United States, from the Jimmy Carter administration to the Clinton administration to President Barack Obama, I would go and read his books because he's going to tell you what they're going to do. And I can't I can't take you any further than that, people. Just read what the people that write the policy, the people that actually implement the policy, and the people that hold the puppeteer strings. Read what they say, not what comes out of the mouths of politicians. So, speaking of liars, let's talk about the mainstream media. Circling back around to that, I have a newscast with me, and that's just going to make um, it's going to make your day because it's very intriguing to understand how the mainstream media works. If you want to um, hear a very, very intriguing interview, I would listen to the interview I did with Ben Swan, where he talks about how working in a newsroom, how things come across the wire, what the wire is and what it does and how it works. And the wire is basically a wire story comes down and it comes down for the central hub. So if you're a Fox affiliate, um, a CBS affiliate, whatever, there's typically a main story that's written in the central office that gets distributed through all the local affiliates. And then they read them verbatim on air. And if you just so happen to catch all of these and put them in a little compilation like Conan O'Brien did back in, um, I believe it was 2000 and 2012, then, um, then you'll get something that sounds like this. And literally, people, this is your mainstream parrot media not informing you, but regurgitating talking points and regurgitating things that have happened or that have been written for them so that they can pretend like they're giving you intel just like when I watch the news here, the local media, it's um, it's almost laughable to a point, but there's a there's a portion of society that has not figured out yet that when they grew up in their time, which I'm speaking to you if you're over 45 years old, this is directed directly at you like a big bullhorn. When you grew up and you watched the news, the quote-unquote the news, when you had your five channels or whatever you used to have, that was actual reporting. That was actual investigative journalism. They actually had um, not really many strings attached. Now, most of the media is owned by about five or six different corporations, and it's just spin control, and it's corporate control, and it's to make sure that certain things get out, some things get squashed. And anytime you talk about things like that, listen to the Ben Swan interview where he talked about his investigative journalism, and it got squashed. Listen to Amber Lyons' interview from from why she left CNN, and you'll find out that she wanted to run a report, and it got squashed because there was financial backing from a government, and it didn't really go on with the government narrative, saying that the government was shooting people with, with tear gas grenades and um, shooting them with rubber bullets. They wanted to portray this other image, and so they squashed her story, basically told her she wasn't going to have any... Any, I don't know how substantiated all this stuff is, but this is her side of the story, and I guess it's valid. We can we can run with it. She's a Emmy award winning journalist, so um, said that they were threatening her health benefits, her pay, all this other stuff. So she quit, and they ran her story once, and then ran um, the propaganda piece for everything else. And if you want to read some more on propaganda, look on my website under things you should know and under books that I think would interest you. And I've got a copy of, or PDF version of propaganda on there for you. If you want to read that 90-page book, that will give you an idea of how the system works. But welcome to the corporate parrot media, and we'll find out if the Easter Bunny got a little less sprig in its step. 
In consumer news, economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some of the spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Uh. Economic factors may take the spring out of the step of the Easter Bunny. And welcome to the mainstream media. So once again, wire stories that get transmitted down and they just get regurgitated. So. And if anybody wants to watch that, that is literally not splicing all that stuff together. Those are actual broadcasts. So what does this mean for you, America? Well, it means that you need to try to get your news somewhere else. It means that you don't need to trust people. It means you need to do your own research. It means that you might want to read some books in order to understand what's really going on. Because books are where the true information lies. And if you're like me and you don't have time to read books but you're stuck in the car a lot, highly recommend the service Audible. You can get some good books on there. Also, um, there's this app called Voice Read Aloud that you can download from either the Android or the iPhone marketplace. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them by any stretch of the imagination. But um, if you download that app, you can download any PDF from the Internet that you want. There's tons of books on there. There's tons of books on my website linked to the PDFs. And you can actually have that service read the book to you. So it's very much like Audible. If you can stand somewhat of a robotic computer voice, then you'll be able to, uh, to make do with what, they're, um, what the product and... And it really does work. It's basically how I read Tragedy and Hope. I mean, just every night that I cooked dinner, I turned on Tragedy and Hope for an hour. And what, four months later, here we are. And here is the knowledge that you receive. Now, you're not going to retain everything. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different. But at least you can get the idea and the concepts behind these books and expand your knowledge base. Because that's really why we're here, people. So let's bring this to a great crescendo because i got about 10 minutes left, and I think I'll leave everybody with the greatest speech ever made. I haven't played that in a long time. And if you're new to the show, um, this is probably um, one of my favorite speeches ever, and it was by Charlie Chaplin in uh, a movie called The Dictator, which um, if you haven't seen that, I would highly recommend that as well. So anyway, let's wrap this up, put a nice little bow on it, and then I should be able to play just a couple of clips and then that will do it for the show this evening. And as always, thank you so much for listening, making me a part of your Thursday night. And don't forget, we're now moving the show. Uh, we did the first Sunday show last week, which was a um, that was the show that my computer got powered down. So tune in Sunday at 11 a.m. and see what kind of magic awaits us as we log in to try to... I don't know, give you some knowledge, give you a different perspective, make you laugh a little bit, but also be serious at the same time because we're in a fight here for not only our lives, but our children's lives and our children's children's lives. Because if we don't understand what we're in, what kind of system we're in, how the system works, who the key players are, I mean, if, if reality isn't enough for you, I don't know what to tell you. This is crazier than any science fiction movie you could ever imagine. I just saw today a, a, a headline that they have created artificial – I think it was like artificial DNA or alien DNA is what they called it. But that's fascinating, people. It's fascinating to think about this. Just think about this concept. 
for for a millisecond, if you think about anything when you leave this show, think about this. We are the only creatures on the planet with RNA. Every other creature on the planet has DNA. Ah, DNA out the wazoo. Only ones with RNA. Why is that? Where did that come from? Think about that. So anyway, bringing this to a big crescendo, and I don't know if I slaughtered the crescendo or whatever. But, oh, I do have a um, a guest coming on the show this Sunday. Uh, yet to confirm, but I think we're good to go. And um, I think they're going to be on for the whole hour, which will be fascinating because I'd like to get their perspective on a lot of this stuff. Um, they sell... 100% organic beds. And for those of you that don't know, there are, um, and I'll let them explain it, there are chemicals that were sprayed on, especially memory foam beds, that are flame retardants because, uh, it's a long story, but they used to catch fire, and so instead of making the beds so they wouldn't catch fire, they would just spray them with these nasty chemicals that then seep through your bed, bed sheets and give you all kinds of funky um, uh, side effects, both uh, mentally, physically, you name it. And, um, yeah, so I think I'm going to have them on the show this Sunday, but I'm yet to confirm. But look for that. Um, I should have the link up on, um, I would say, Friday night at the latest. Maybe, let's just say Saturday morning. If you guys want to check the We Are Not Cattle website, it'll be up there. Also, if you're friends with me on Facebook, I'll post it there. If you're part of my Facebook group, or if you're listening to the show, I sure hope you would like my fan page. I'll post the link and all the other uh, significant info there. So to put all this on a, in a nice little bow, we have a duty, especially if you're listening to this show, you have a duty to challenge your own ideas. You have a duty to challenge your own perspectives because I think that once you find, as you start challenging your own ideas, you'll find that they were never your ideas in the first place. They were somebody else's. Logical fallacies abound. You will, you will find that everything that you probably ever thought was really not your thought exactly. It was something you heard or or something, some kind of conversation that you had that made you think a certain way. And you haven't really challenged that yet. But that's why you're here. If, you, if you've taken a step to the other side like I have, I had an out-of-body experience when I was nine years old, and once you realize that this isn't it, there's got to be a significant reason that you're here. And it can't just be to be a meat puppet for these, you know, for the global banking elite. For the for the Anglo-American establishment, it can't be that. It's got to be something else. So challenge your own beliefs. Challenge what you think. Challenge what you know. Write down things that you believe are 100% fact. And then check and see if it's fact. Because I think you'll be really surprised. I thought I knew a lot of things. I really did. And I think that that's the process of, of being educated and, and educating yourself is that you learn, whether it's through conversations, whether it's through um, um, peaceful, peaceful disagreements with people, that, that you need to constantly be reevaluating your stance. And any time that you get into an ideological and not a philosophical stance, if you don't have facts, history and statistics to back up your beliefs. And even so, statistics can be skewed. Facts can be skewed. So you need to think about it. You need to be open to other people's opinions. Not just get into political political stances and, and ideological stances with your sword and ideological shield and then go stabbing at somebody and just hope that you get them before they get you. It's not what it's about. It's about interacting with one another. It's about learning from one another. And I think that this is going to be great because um, it's a great segue. I'm interviewing Thomas Campbell on the, I believe, the 23rd of this month. I'll have to confirm that. But he and I are going to get into, and for those of you that haven't seen my Thomas Campbell interview, it's one of my most popular interviews on YouTube, um, and I'll link to it in the notes here, just because I think that his his take and what he has seen and what he is, has understood from a, from a scientific standpoint 
really should make you think about why you're here, what you're doing, and why is all this stuff happening. Who is controlling the system? Because if it is a cognitive, collective consciousness system, can it be manipulated? Have people found out a way to manipulate it? And my answer would be yes. And they've done it in such a way that makes it convenient. They manipulate you, the individual conscious being, the individual conscious vessel, which then you go and turn. And if they can manipulate you and then manipulate the next person and the next person and the next person through television, through propaganda, through shifting the way that you should think as a rational um, a, a, a rational human being uh, uh, with empathy and 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 social skills and interaction and common sense, if they can manipulate that, then they win. They figured that out a long time ago. How long ago we don't know. But the ruling class has known these things for a long, long time. And the more that you research them, the more that you research what they knew, when they knew it. I mean, let's face it, guys. The Nazis were working on teleportation with monkeys, and they probably figured that stuff out. There's, there's documented cases all around the world of people going – even – I can't remember the exact name of the, of the vessel. But there was a vessel that, that literally went out into the water, disappeared, and reappeared like 45 years later in the exact same spot and then disappeared again. I'll have to pull that up. I cannot remember. But that's what I'm talking about. The fact that you can sit here arrogantly with your ego and just say, I know what's going on. I know that, that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And yeah, I went there, everybody. Challenge your religious beliefs. Is it because you were born into a Christian society that you're a Christian? Or is it because you've researched Christianity itself? And understand the teachings of Jesus and understand the teachings of the Bible that you're a Christian. Think about it. Don't just walk around and repeat. Such a shallow way to live. And you're not doing anything. You're destroying the collective conscious. You're part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. I'm not a perfect person. I do everything I can to make myself a better person every day. I go out, and I go out with a positive attitude. I interact with other people. I smile, and I try to make their day better. If you can focus on that, I think that that is a winning strategy for life. If you can focus on trying to make everybody else's day better, and not just your day, then I think that you'll find that you'll be much happier, and you'll have a greater impact on society than you could ever imagine. And if we all had that same mentality, if we all had that same attitude to where we would go out in society with the attitude that not only am I going to have a great afternoon, no matter what happens, and keep everything in perspective, obviously. Remember, you have food, clothing, shelter, clean water. You have all of these things. A lot of people in the world don't. Keep that in perspective. Keep life in perspective. When life kicks you in the nuts... Like, wow, that's kind of cool. So keep everything in perspective, people. Understand why you're on this planet, or at least ponder why you're on this planet. And then you've opened a gateway to a whole bunch of different things. And then if you want to go down conspiracy theories, or if you want to go down philosophical roots, or if you just want to jump back into the Matrix and say, ah, I tried it, Jake, and it's really not for me, you guys go deal with that. I'll respect that. But at least make an attempt. At least make an attempt to make yourself a better person. At least make an attempt to try to figure out what's going on, if you care. If you don't care, then that's fine. It's your choice. It's your life. You're, it, it's your vessel that you're in, your pod. But I know what I'm going to do with my life. And I hope that you people will join me in trying to elevate not only yourself, but elevate humanity at the same time. Once again, thanks for listening, everybody. That's it for the show. Tune in this Sunday, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be here with a guest, and look for that. And once again, like the YouTube channel, like my Facebook page, and share the message with people you know, people you love, people you like. And let's try to shift the status quo and have some real conversations and try to fix this planet. 
We're all on it. Take care, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.